0: Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I am Dave.
1: And I am John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye.
0: That's right. And to avoid lazy negativity, we decided to make this episode a drinking game.
1: Drinking game? Hey, yo.
0: Anytime we say something negative about a film, you're going to hear this buzz.
2: The melodic sound sound.
0: That sound means that we have to take a drink. And we hope you drink along with us on this Halloween record. Mm.
2: <laughs> so, pour yourselves a glass and get ready as we discuss a movie whose title has been my own personal safe word on more than one occasion.
0: Uh, that's oh, right, Armageddon. For, Ooh. For, <laughs> for Halloween, we are recording Armageddon time. Just got that on my computer.
1: <laughs> you can't say it yeah. without thinking of it now, can you? <laughs>
0: Armageddon Time, the new film written and directed by James Gray, which is a surprisingly personal, pretty autobiographical film in which the character Paul Graff, played by a, I believe, 12-year-old Banks Repeta, Repita, beginning his uh, time in sixth grade in 1980 in New York City's Queens borough. Wait, the Borough of Queens in New York. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't live at a the train station.
1: <laughs> our neighborhood. That's pretty close to our neighborhood. Pretty close
0: to where we uh we all met each other, well, sort of. We all lived together one period mm-hmm. of time. Anyway, we're going to talk about this film very, very soon, people. But first, we have to shout out our sponsor and a half, John.
1: Sponsor and a half. Half first, Carlos Barozo. This man makes beer. We used to drink it. You can find his handle on Instagram. <laughs> I hope he's still C-Barozo making it. sure he's still making it. C-B-A-R-O-Z-O dot beer. And the music on this episode and every single episode is provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. Follow that guy on all of the music platforms. All that music is available for free. Give it some love. Find the show notes. What is, all the what things. Is,
0: what does that sign mean? Because our, our old roommate who replaced Dave in our apartment, Al... Said he got mad at me because I said, Das I means the one. This was on our Emily the Criminal episode, starring Aubrey Plaza. Check the feed, people. Das means the, or it's one way of saying the, it's a possessive form of the. And then ein means one. So the and one, but put them together and it does not mean the one.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So (laughs) technically, you know, I think the easiest way way to describe it would be uh, the, like the one. It means like the one dilemma of existing. Oh, okay. It's like something that only human beings, as far as we can tell, have the in- intelligence, the existential intelligence, to realize the problem of existing is is thus.
2: So Dasein and, means Monday.
1: Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How everybody feels when their alarm goes off on Monday morning. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> a little deeper than that, but that's a, that's the love of cinema version. We'll go with that.
0: My buzzer's very slow tonight.
2: Oh. Yeah, sorry. I know, I was already drinking before it went off.
1: That's right. Yeah, no, we, we both already drink. Oh, no, was just, I was just what thirsty. Your What's wrong? You little butter Butterfinger's over there. Yeah, Does everybody I've... see Jeff's plants, all our YouTube viewers? <laughs> he really wanted to make sure those plants in the background were popping. You know, I, I'm more I'm
2: amused by him trying to open his fucking beer. It's not what going the, well. What Jeff,
1: have you ever opened a beer before? There? Jesus <laughs> Christ, that was, I remember my first <laughs> drink, <laughs> too.
0: That was the closest Dave has ever sounded to Ray Fiennes in in fucking Bruges for sure.
1: Hey, <laughs> yeah, you take it open in oh your fucking beer. God, that that scene, his scene in the cafe is fucking solid gold. We will talk about okay. it
0: next week. Yeah. We will be talking about, um, we'll be talking about the banshees of Inisherin. John, why are we talking about them next week?
1: We're talking about next week because somebody stole the catalytic converter from my car here in fucking Los Angeles. It's the so national. It's the national pastime. My God, Jesus Christ. Supply chain issues. Apparently, these thefts have gone up 400% in the last two years. Yeah, they they contain them. I did not have a car today to go see a movie. So, unfortunately, I did not get to see Banshees. They contain really
2: expensive metals. That's why they're stealing them.
1: Exactly. No, it's straight up. They can sell it straight as it is, or you can melt it down and get those fucking metals that do not exist in the United States. Hey, Taiwan, what's up?
0: Well, thanks, John. (laughs) Now I'm sad. I thought it was (laughs) sad. Uh, you said you had car trouble. I didn't realize. Um, yeah, somebody somebody
1: stole it from me. Go ahead and laugh. at me, Jeff. I him went
2: him. S- I went and saw this movie straight after having a a deep cleaning at the dentist. So I was in perfect mood to what, to see that. A deep clean? deep clean, yeah, deep clean, deep <laughs> Like <laughs> that shit the where they numb your guns, gums, and like it's take you with a fucking jackhammer somewhere.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what? If there if there wasn't one before this, I there know that we have uh, we have some listeners in <laughs> California
1: gave birth to it. Yeah, yeah.
0: If you're new to our what show, we, we try to about? keep it. If we, if we're new to, yeah, if you're new we, to the show, we, we try we to keep it. For? We try to keep it spoiler free for a couple minutes before we go into the spoiler section. Not much to spoil in this movie, but we will try to keep it fair in case you haven't seen it yet and you want to um, get our initial takeaway, how we thought, how we felt on seeing this year' film, *Armageddon Time*, written and directed by James Gray, as I said before. But people, if you know our show, you know that we need to get some things off our chest at the beginning of every episode to so make sure that when we talk about the movie, we stay on task. Also, and it's a popular segment.
2: To, it's a very popular segment.
0: The gripes of the week. Yes, well, hold on. We'll get to that in a second. Also, we're going to tell you what we've been watching at the end of the week. A big list for me this week. I'm definitely ready to talk about Dragons. I finally finished Dragons. I'm, so there a I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. God
1: damn oh. it, Dave. Wait, that's Fine. a lie. I didn't watch it at all. God. Sorry, I, finished, I, finished, I finished the other two. <laughs> It's all, they're all kind of the same fantasy. Should (laughs) we just do, should
0: should next week we just do like an Andor Rings, Thrones, like mini sode or something? Can we just, because otherwise we can't, I don't know how to talk to you guys about these things. Fuck. I'd be down for that. Okay. So anyway, we're going to talk about, we need some gripes. I'm already griping here. So we're going to do our gripes of the week. Each of us get a minute. We're going to get whatever we need off our chest. If you don't want to, if this doesn't sound like it's for you, you just want to hear Armageddon time, skip ahead three minutes, but this is our life, people. This is what we're dealing with. We hope you stick around. Who would like to go first with your gripe of the week?
2: Let's give it two minutes. I don't have one.
0: Ooh, Dave! surprising. Hmm.
1: I'll, I'll J- go, I'll go.
0: John raised his hand. So, uh, uh, yeah, yes, hit sir, hit you. Go ahead. you get your time
1: If there are thieves good enough to steal catalytic converters in the night, how is this country not number one? Have these people, all the, all the mechanics were saying today when I took the car was they were admiring the thieves' work. They were like, "Oh God, that's clean." They were like, "Wow, they didn't mess up anything. It was it was perfection." They were like, "Wow, these this was a top notch job. This was not a hack job. They knew what they were doing." What What are these people doing for their day jobs? We need to rethink everything so that these people are pushing our industry forward. I don't understand. This is this is like the Dude, fastest growing industry in the US. Obvious, it's stealing obviously, shit.
2: <laughs> obviously, my dentist is out there stealing catalytic catalytic converters of a night.
1: Oh Jesus. it was it was it perfect and clean? <laughs> was, that, was that the joke? Fucking Dave. Oh, it's the middle of John's gripe. <laughs> this is my gripe. That's all I have to say. I was I was half angry and half surprised and half just frustrated for my country. Clearly, there are talented people out there who are out of work and feel like they need to go steal these things in the middle of the night and they're super talented. Let's get them back to work.
0: <laughs> just came in under. I don't, know, I don't know why that reminded me of the... Um um ah fuck dave who's the australian comedian that we like jim jeffries jim jeffries jim jeffries i don't know if that reminded me of like if you can afford a gun in the black market in australia it's like it's thirty thousand dollars he's like if you've got thirty thousand dollars you're a great little saver keep going like, it's, <laughs> don't cash it in now keep say, keep going i don't know why that reminded me of that yeah these people have all of this talent come on guys use it let's go like let's
1: go ah uh, okay all okay. right jeff what you got dude
0: All right. I have a gripe. And my preface here really quick is that um, I have mentioned this on the show, but I have not I have not griped about it. And I just I just need to make it official, just get it off my chest and then I can move on with my life. Guys, no more World War I or World War II movies. What the fuck, guys? No, no, they're out. I know Dunkirk and Jojo Rabbit and 1917 were some of the best movies of the past 10 years, but we can't fucking do this anymore. There is a new movie coming out now called All Quiet on the Western Front. It's already on Netflix. It's apparently a remake of a German movie from 1930, which is about a novel that was saying that the German, it was about German guilt as opposed to like, you know, white hero syndrome, which is what most of the war movies are because they, they're all excited to go to World War One, and then they realize the trenches sucked. The trenches actually sucked. What a fucking lesson. I'm really glad I get that another 100 years after this fucking war ended. But come on. There has been a new World War One project every year of the 21st century. A brand new one. Whole new World War One movie. World War II every decade has its own Wikipedia page. The IMDB has the list of the 189 best World War II properties. It's unbelievable. We can't do this anymore. And I get it. It raises the stakes. It's life and death. I get it. Black Adams had no stake because Black Adams had no- Black Adam had no stakes because he couldn't die. So the whole movie was like, I hope he chooses to help these people, otherwise he can just live happily however he wants. Put him in a war where he can actually die. All the comic book heroes, they all come from the wars. Robin and Batman sold fucking bail bonds. I get it. Midnighter kicked Hitler in the balls. The Joker hated that he worked with the Nazis. I get it, I get it. It's very complicated, it's very confusing. We just, we can't do this anymore. We we, we can't do it, we need
1: a break, no more. Can we just have one more? Because that miniseries about the the Skies, the Band of Brothers guys that are making the one about the airmen coming out of Europe, that one's going to be fantastic, dude. Let's get that one in the belt, and then we can stop.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's so many wars wars going on about all these amazing things. it's so good,
1: though. When they're good, they're so good, dude. It's fucking war, dude. It's really, I I, I know what you mean. There's so many wars going on right now. There's wars going going on right right now. how about this? I'll raise your ante, and I will say that I feel like we have still not made enough great movies. And by great, I mean really rich emotional commentary on the war on terror, war in Iraq, war in Afghanistan. I still don't think we have made enough right. to really compensate for the fact that that has been going on for such a long period of time. And there's only a handful that I would say really you know, get to the level that we've seen so many wonderful World War One and World War II movies get to. Maybe can we agree? Can we can we fight for that? There's already sure, a bunch of. Sure, I'm not in gonna watch it.
0: But... <laughs> yeah,
1: Dave. <laughs> this one.
0: There's already a bunch a of these that are in production. Denzel Washington's gonna be in one. You know, the World War II movie this year is that Colin Firth movie. Dave, that came at what out.
1: grade in Australia do they show you guys Gallipoli? What, what um, year do they show you? <laughs> yeah, Mel Gibson as a young man bringing it hard. That movie is yeah. awesome, dude.
0: Wait, guess what the IMDb number one
1: best World War II movie is. The best one—it's got to be Saving Private Ryan or No, s- or no, come on, get of the, the of here.
0: Ones. Saving Private Ryan is not aged as well as these other ones.
1: But World you are, War II movies. You, you're,
0: you're very, you're very close though. Schindler's List. Yeah, Schindler's List is the yeah,
1: one. yeah. It's one of yeah, it's one of his for sure. Probably. They put they yeah. put
0: Brandon Brothers number two, which is a little category fraud, but Warner Brothers is so good.
1: God, it's so good. <laughs> Give it up, dude. Yeah, I mean, come on. Let's, look what we're doing. We're praising it, Jeff. We can't. Let's just talk about the list and how awesome those movies are. <laughs>
0: Uh, what are we talking about? Armageddon. What are we talking about, <laughs> uh, guys? We're, we're coming back. We're talking about Armageddon. This movie stars Steve Buscemi, Armageddon Bruce Willis, time. Ben, Affleck.
1: Armageddon? Oh, right. <laughs> <it's> ben Affleck. Oh, right. Ben Affleck. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Link Ben Tyler. Affleck
2: is not my safe
0: word. Aerosmith. We okay. are talking about <laughs> Armageddon. It, the song by Def Leppard. No,
2: fuck <laughs> Oh,
0: such high drama! <laughs> high drama. When Steve Buscemi comes back and he goes to like that prostitute girlfriend of his and he's like, "Come on, I want to make babies. I want to make babies." It's it's like no it's, no, no, no no no. It's as when, emotional as Limbo. When limb Bruce, when in her Bruce
1: closes the door and says, "Take care of a little girl for me."
0: Yeah. Tears, tears yeah. everywhere. Just knowing you were going to be a dad someday when you saw that at 11 years old
1: gave you tears, right? I cried on the band bus in front of everybody when they showed that to us <laughs> in ninth grade, and everybody picked on me. It was a true story. <laughs> Bruce Willis got me bullied. What so are we talking about?
0: We're talking about Armageddon again. Time. <laughs> this movie stars Banks Rapita, Jalen Webb. Jalen's an, an up-and-coming name. I've been seeing a lot of Jalens go around. Anne Hathaway, Jeremy Strong, and then just the the the, the god among men, among legends, Anthony Hopkins. Just nope. every time he's in a movie. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Tony Hawk! <laughs> Every time he's in a movie, it's like, oh fuck, he's gonna he's gonna take, he's gonna steal he somebody it. else's Oscar. Remember his um,
1: cameo in Mission Impossible Two? That one meeting that Ethan Hunt has with him in like Brazil, and he's just in it for just this meeting. And it makes his, Do you remember that that, that scene? No, who remembers all? Mission Impossible Two? <laughs> it sucked. Uh, I, I did not I him.
0: did not rewatch two when we did our franchise face off. I did the not John
1: Woo, come on, motorcycles? Anyway, let's keep going. What are we it's bad. talking about?
0: Also, I should say, World War One movie, Paths of Glory, that's in our 1917 episode, which is our first episode of all time. So if you want to hear us talk about going? some World War I movies. That was
2: when we were so hopeful that we were going to watch a lot of movies in the theater.
0: And 1917. Yeah, 1917. Right.
1: Yeah. Paths, yeah. Little
0: Women, Pride and Prejudice Zombies, and Cats. What a list. Movies. What were we thinking? Um, <laughs> we, were, we were so drunk by Cats. And then we listened to the whole episode. Before, like before we printed it, but we just sat there and listened to it. We were so drunk. We, yeah. we were not in a state to make creative decisions.
1: <laughs> no, no. So we're talking I mixed, about
0: Armaged- I mixed
2: that down <laughs>
0: There, in front of us, guys. We're talking about Armageddon time. Armageddon. Um, this movie premiered at the. Hold on, I see the Laurel right here. Telluride Film Festival. It was oh, also wow. in. No, no, wait. Can which one yeah. comes
1: first? It's got to be Can. They love him in Can. James Can yeah, it got Can. like a, I think a seven-minute
2: standing ovation or something
0: shit can wow. then tell your ride, and then uh most recently at the new york film festival according to the laurels on this here poster a triumph says entertainment which is no longer weekly and apparently still exists it's probably a, mm-hmm. it's it's just a entertainment now it's just <laughs> entertainment did you um, uh, it's the yay magazine magazines change when they lost I, I, half I, their name i said i'm so sorry guys i can't do this anymore can't do it anymore it, not no. even digital? They, went, they, digital they went monthly and the price didn't change and I'm not that cheap because it was forty four dollars a year, but I was like, guys, I just I, I can't. Did Elon
1: Musk happen to <laughs> I buy them? Spend $44. <laughs> <laughs> Can't spend forty four dollars a year. That's like less. That's like a fourth of a night out in New York City. But I know, I I, no, no, I can't, no, I can't, I can't do it. I,
0: I wasn't can't reading it, it as much. It's <laughs> anyway. I can't do it. I can't anyway. scratch together. Um, <laughs> I think I, I spent more than forty four dollars on food today. I think actually now that I'm thinking about it. Absolutely, I'm sure you
1: okay. did. Yeah.
0: So I'm gonna give you the brief description about this, but it's basically sixth grade. Um we'll get to it in a second. A deeply personal coming of age story about the strength of family and the generational pursuit of the American dream. I guess so. That's
2: what this was about.
0: I guess that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I mean it it is. That does sound like the that does sound like the whitest version of this film, not to go right to that.
1: That was definitely the pitch, <laughs>
0: right? That was yeah. That was the pitch to get it funded.
1: It's about everything. This movie's
0: right? <laughs> it's it's a yeah, it's movie. It's movie yeah. has everything. It's definitely about privilege, um, and it's it's definitely about society, uh, basically forcing people to compete with one another, even if it means knowing and accepting that other people are going to have a hard time, and you're going to have to take Stump advantage of your unfair advantage, even if it means that they don't necessarily stomp on anybody in this film, but they definitely lead you to believe you got to do whatever it takes to get ahead. And, um, that's the way capitalism has driven our society in the year that Ronald Reagan gets elected two years before he decides that stock buybacks are not illegal, which are going to ruin (laughs) our economy. They're going to, it's, it's the death of our society is the stock buyback. Okay. That's my pitch. Who wants to go first?
2: Can I just say, this is actually set around about within give or take two years. I was going through the same, time period
1: yeah
2: Yeah, um so like the the reagan like thing where he gets like voted in and then all of a sudden it's just armageddon 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 everywhere and like not the safe word he was like literally talking about nuclear armageddon um so like my formative teenage years were living under the threat of the fact that this crazy motherfucker could wake up and choose to push the button one day depending not not narrowing down which crazy motherfucker because either one of them could have done it and Mm -hmm. uh yeah, so I feel like we've come full circle, but uh, yeah, that was my formative. Did it feel
1: as Did it feel as scary as when Trump got elected? And we were all like worried about. You no,
2: know this. This was and... this
1: was worse because it was both sides.
2: Yeah, because yeah. it, it could have been either okay. side firing off, and it it looked looked serious at one point. There, it, it like you could not wake up the next day, or you could wake up the next day and half the world's gone, and that that's mm. like. I picture that on like, top of what's the
1: answer on top a of bunch of, p- of cocaine yeah. Yeah. come on ladies <laughs>
2: yeah right <laughs> and yeah. back. greed is good don't so kill I, the did. world we're all getting rich come on I, I, went, into, I went into like I saw the trailer and I went into this thinking I'm going to relate to this and
1: you I can't? just so didn't
2: everything they showed us in the trailer has the most minimalistic effect on what actually happens in the film like you you get a couple of scenes where it, it leads you down the path of where this might go but in between it it kind of plays like I imagine how it would go if I invited you to live with me for three weeks and then just watch TV, had dinner, and had mundane conversations the whole time. I was just like I didn't get anything from this at all. Mm. Like it, I didn't huh. know which where it was going. I, my, and it's possible because I didn't grow up with either of these cultures. So it, it could be mm. a failing on like my not experiencing these Is cultures until my 40s. You, that,
1: you know, you've lived in New York for a while now. And was there a little bit of you that could kind of grasp... Yes yeah, I would imagine if I turned back the clock, that's what my neighborhood would have felt like
2: yeah a, l- a little bit I got a little bit, but I didn't get much out of this at all so okay. i'm I'm probably the wrong person to ask, but I just found this really slow, and not in saying that, I feel like every performance in it was phenomenal, yeah, so it's yeah. not a bad film, it just didn't like relate to me, it didn't grab me that's Curious. yeah Maybe. so i'm I came at that from a a slightly less positive
1: sure. Nice I, uh, much. thank you, Dave. I think I know what you mean. I liked this film. And I, I think I'm going to keep thinking about it. I don't think I loved this film. Um, there are issues that he is clearly trying to grapple with. And that is hard as a writer, hard as a filmmaker to, to not have issues be front and center that what drive your story. You want your characters to, to and the way they feel about those issues to drive story. You don't want it to exist in proclaim proclamation style dialogue. And there were a couple moments where I think he couldn't help, he kind of had to point it out. But I think for the most part, it did slip into kind of this slice of life drama kind of tone, which you know what? The French, I made that joke, but they really do love his movies. Mm. And it, it, that has informed the way I watch his movies. James Gray has directed a bunch of um, films that I would say never quite got to the level of success in America that they seem to get in Europe, Europe specifically. I'm talking about movies like The Yards, We Own the Night, The Immigrant, Two Lovers, even Ad Astra, which is, you know, really Sci-fi appeals to us. We love Brad Pitt. We love watching him. We love everything he's a, a part of. Um, even that one you've, didn't quite pop the way well, it did in you've Europe. You've
2: heard his statement on that one, right? Uh, uh, Brad the, Pitt? No, James um, Gray. James Gray the, the edit he turned, or like the, he didn't have final cut rights on that. So what came yeah. out wasn't the edit he submitted.
1: And I, I totally believe that. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is there's something that I think... When I watch French cinema and when I hear somebody, when I hear a community like like a can community say, we love James Gray, we always love having him back. I can't help but think about what they are looking from a, a cinematic, a film experience that is different from what Americans look for. James Gray, I, I believe, I would argue that he purposefully does not like tying everything up with a bow. He does not like giving you all the typical mm-hmm. pieces of a story that seem to exist in American cinema structure or a lot Western cinema structure that comes out of Hollywood. And when I look at his films that way, I have more joy in just kind of sitting and watching a movie. I get to just live in a filmmaking space. Um, so when I do that, I can still have fun. I didn't love the ending to this movie, and he usually has good endings. I usually really appreciate his endings. Yeah, I didn't, didn't I didn't get that at all. For me, I think I knew what he was trying to do, and I'm not saying it was bad. It just didn't take me there. Um, but I enjoyed the filmmaking space, but I don't know if this is going to be in my top James Gray (laughs) choices for you, which is always, you know, I feel bad saying that because I know it's really personal for him. This is, I think he grew up with, I I bet there's a lot of his life in this movie and it, I think he was hoping it was going to yield a lot of wonder years. Look at this kid learning about how the world works. And maybe it's just unfortunate that we're living in a time where everybody won't shut the fuck up about how the world works, so we think about it all the time. And there's no way for me to discover any of this stuff because we talk about it all the time. So I, I think that was a an unfortunate, like, casualty of filmmaking war. He released this at a time where I don't know if we needed this movie to be released right now. So if he needed to make it, I could see him sitting mm. down during the pandemic and writing it. And I totally appreciate it. I think I'm going to enjoy watching this more, maybe 10 or 15 years from now.
2: I, think, I still think yeah. it was enjoyable. Can I, can I say one thing? Uh, yeah. a, a guy in my audience, it was an older guy. Cause like there were a lot of, I want to say 50, 60 year olds on a, a Sunday date uh, in my screening. Yeah, I had a and and, and one of one, of, the, one were, of them yeah. uh, was behind me and I, I don't know whether he worked in the industry or what but when it finished the way it finishes and this is an interesting review because all I hear is what the fuck was that it's a tv is it's a tv pilot Mm. and I was like all right you're not wrong like it really 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 did not
1: work for me for sure there it didn't it did not land for me I was I was a little frustrated and confused as well what do you think Joe
0: um I, I guess I agree with you. I, I guess I might have liked it a little bit more, but it, I knew that it wasn't going to stay with me, <laughs> if that makes sense. And, and what, what, what is going to stay with me is the performances. I think Anthony Hopkins is the clue that keeps it all together. The first article yeah. that I read, which which isn't, didn't affect my viewing at all but is sort of just talking about jeremy strong and you know how after the article about him staying in character was blown out of proportion a couple months ago was that this year i don't remember when that was and they're like you now here he is he might be an oscar contention and i was like oh okay great james gray yeah oh yeah great director it's a personal film you know this and then steven spielberg the Fable mens we have a lot of these personal films coming out um by prolific great white directors of course not all of them are talking about race you know we talked about tar which is a different take on privilege not necessarily about race and you know this is another movie about privilege and then it's just yeah you're right the, the it's funny that all of all of these are they're, they're all being Told by by white people, which is okay. Like they're they're allowed, everybody's allowed to make these movies, and they're not trying to solve anything. There's no white hero syndrome in this, you know, even though they're exploring this kind of murky territory from the point of view of this apparently generational pursuit of the American dream on behalf, so says the white family, you know what I mean? Um, and I do think it's good that they're not trying to answer any questions and they're not trying to tell the story of the character Johnny, who's the friend who's from the troubled past and um, for the, for pop culture's sake, is a, a story that gets used all too often with that demographic of young black inner city boy. You know, it's it's a very similar storyline to a lot of other ones. And I, one thing that I've heard in the discourse of the past few years is we, we just need to see a different light for these characters like they just we need to see we need to see that boy in a different situation you know and it's hard to do in a period piece so i get the conundrum there um and i so basically my point about this is to say that i appreciate that they didn't try to solve any problems or speak on behalf of other people that are not them but having said that it's about this family And the weird, the weird irony is the one thing that holds it back is even though they all have a fine amount of screen time and they all get their monologues and they all have their dialogues, like the two, you know, the boy and dad, boy and mom, boy and grandpa. For some reason, I still don't really get the, I still don't really get the feel for this family, especially with the other brother who the other brother, like, it was almost like the the Heim sisters in Licorice Pizza. It's like they were there for like those two little funny scenes, have some funny moments. And then he was very one dimensional. And, yeah, and so, like, I, I feel like if this really was about the family and the family's pursuit, I wish I knew more about the family. It seemed to be a little one-trick pony with what they were talking I about.
2: Will, what you said a minute ago, though, I will say the, um, like, the friend storyline. Um, yeah. That's the first time I've seen that almost cliched section of storyline done in a way that was an absolute fucking tragedy.
0: It's true. So yeah. that
2: that got me like I didn't miss like everything, everything yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, it got me like really good because it like you felt for this kid because like none of this was his fault he just And let's be real he was dealt a fucking horrid hand
0: and he, and he landed was landed for you smart he had the, he had wisdom I think that's the one thing the other characters didn't have at this mm. age is the characters he's wise enough to to make that connection towards the end where it's like I, I know the way things are you know that kind of wisdom. Sorry John. And what is
1: it, what is it, no 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 you get, what does it say about maybe some flaws that might exist in the other aspects of the storytelling when that issue landed for for all of us I think. Yeah. That is the crux of this protagonist this young boy in this Jewish family in Queens New York. It's his his catalyst is becoming friends with this this black boy who goes to his public school and then doesn't go to school with him you know when he transfers to a private school in Forest Hills. Uh so it's interesting that we all kind of did feel some emotional pinch from Johnny Davis's character, his friend, and yet <laughs> that didn't seem to compensate or carry us to the finish line of why this boy was going through all of this right now. Or, yeah, yeah. The before,
2: way before, he went before I can say any more it. about that, we need to turn on the spoilers, I think, because uh, we're like we're kind of treading team, yeah. on spoiler territory. Is it going to work this week?
0: Let's see. Nah. There we go. It's spoilers. On. It's fine. It's go. okay. I've got a manual override. Spoilers. All
1: right, into the I don't know spoilers. Why that button
0: doesn't work? I'm gonna fix into it. Into the the
2: beyond. Go ahead.
1: Um, Maybe it's nervous.
2: <laughs> no, it's I just. D- I, I I think. <laughs> I think it was like, I don't know whether that that story was just well written, because um, I like I said I I did not I didn't like the a lot of the dialogue a lot of the writing um i will say though that like that one scene where he beats the shit out of him with the belt
0: only, strong, yeah. yeah
2: the only the only scene i've seen top it was in the black phone
0: <laughs>
2: so like for like a scene between a, a father and their child when like they're they're basically beating them
0: that was good. I, I and, will say what one thing that this, did though yeah, that was that hard. was
2: kind of intense and it was all really close and stuff like that. I'll get into that the cinematography. That, in a it was
1: getting beat was really good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> was, I loved but, it. I <laughs> yeah, Well, that's they built wreck. it. They they built it up Atlanta's well. Sitting down they, the front. It's, it's hard to you say, know, but it did, was a good yeah. scene. Uh, unfortunately, but back to what I was saying, because again, I I actually really liked the, dial- the a lot of the dialogue scenes, even though I did know that they were dipping into, um, let's just say like the like traditional Oscar Beatty material of, like, this is their moment kind of stuff, and it just had, like, that extra light, the little punch in and And it was underplayed brilliantly by the actors. Anne Hathaway, you know, has definitely mm. um, had ups and downs of how she's been perceived in the past 15 years. She did a perfectly great understated job. Jeremy Oh, Strong, my God,
2: she was an, a quintessential 80s mother. That was yeah. perfect. It's
0: great. But then yeah, you, but when you job. see things yeah. like the, when you have that beating right scene... Right down and to then, the face grab. But then, but then... So the beating scene is not comic at all. It's very serious, yeah. very dramatic. It's great. It's very real but then you have the family dinner where the kids like they're yelling at the kid not to order the food and then he orders the dumplings and it's like this is the family that's going to beat that you know I I feel like the tone shifts of the different things were like the one thing that kind of held this movie back a little bit for me where I just didn't feel like I get the beating scene but the dinner scene I didn't really it it seemed like they were just they just needed to get to the you're going to private school this is why you're coming you're from Jews you have nothing to feel guilty about you just have to keep your head you know like yada 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 and I feel like I just feel like the tone did not land quite enough for me however i still think i like the movie better than both of you but but you know it's not going to stay with me
1: i think it's interesting that um james gray's movies all i would feel comfortable saying there's an element to all of them but a lot of his better movies i don't want to use the word better a lot of his uh more more successful movies uh critically and and at the box office have father-son issues right at the forefront of his themes. He loves working with it. I've heard him talk consciously about it. I've heard him in interviews acknowledge it, saying he wasn't conscious about it when he was writing it. But they seem to be something that he thinks about quite a bit, um, starting all the way back with um, with um, Little Odessa. And I, I guess I was, you know, maybe that was part of my fault going into this because i was expecting that relationship to go even further there are some really nice scenes between jeremy strong and the child yeah. i really loved that scene in the car after he was arrested mm. when they there were so there were so many moments that i don't want to downplay yeah. that i want to celebrate for for james gray the tension and fear that the boy had when he was sitting in the bathtub before when he heard dad's footsteps come we all remember what that feels like like and they fuck. just please held the fuck dad. on him
2: too. like Yeah, please yeah. don't
1: tell dad. Just I'll do anything you want. Please don't tell dad. Like That fear, he took me back there. And then that wide shot after the dad gets him from the police department after he was arrested, that wide shot of the car pulling up to the curb, in my head I was like, don't get out of the car. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be one of those terrible, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. awkward moments. Same. Before we go inside, don't tell your mom this happened. I'm about to give you some two cents or else. Yeah, I, was I knew the
2: thing. don't tell your mother thing was coming. I could see it a mile away.
1: Yeah. yeah. I loved that scene. Yeah. So there was a little bit of me that at the end of this movie was wondering, Dave, I know what you mean, it was kind of slow, but sometimes with these slice of life things, you do need a little bit more, like literally just quantity. Yeah. You I'm need t- a little bit more. I'm talking more. about the
2: first forty five minutes was slow. Once we hit yeah. the second half of Act Two, it just it was like beat after beat after beat. It got very compelling to watch.
1: I wonder um, if there was some stuff that they ended up cutting out just to try to make their two hours or what's I, the runtime I don't on this know. thing? This thing it's, runs was, at 155. Yeah, 155. So I don't, I wonder if there was 10 more minutes of just a couple more scenes. I liked Dan Hathaway's arc. I, yeah. I did, but I there I felt like there was for both of the parents, I was missing one more scene. And I was missing at least yeah. two scenes with the boy. I liked when the brother got on top of him and woke him up and said, Don't show any weakness or they'll fucking come for you. Like I felt like I finally had a moment into him. Yeah. He had his own struggles being a Jewish kid at this protestant school forest forest hills
2: and then he goes to school and the first fucking is. person he meets is fred trump
1: yeah that was weird oh my god you know, i tell you what I did, I did not even
2: recognize uh jessica Chastain.
1: she did a, yeah what a weird cameo but she yeah. did a good job she yeah, literally was, turned that up that for a fun. day
2: almost for free and did that
1: it's, i mean mary trump she's not the mary trump who wrote the book is she no no no, no this is mary ann trump right? i think it is the timeline yeah, doesn't really hilarious. make yeah.
0: sense as to like whose kids would be. We don't have to dive into it, but it, that's They're very not, that, that's yeah. that, that that is the Schindler's List red dress moment. That is just to like let everybody know that this is happening now. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. capitalism is, is fueling race issues and privilege issues and we're divided and we're just competing with each other and we're pitching against each other. And, you know, it's essentially the fault of the people who are in charge doing this on purpose. It, it's like a generalized take of it, but that is definitely just to root it in today, not just the shit on the trumps, but just to remind you that this is. The yeah.
2: way. It's funny. Can I, I, In an interview with gray, he was quoted. Um, he basically said he wanted to do the opposite of virtue signaling with this film where you say, look at these assholes and how much better I am. But he yeah. wanted to say, we're all complicit. This is what it looks like. Yeah. And
0: yeah, which in, is,
1: in reading you know, that,
2: I understood the film twice as much.
1: Yeah, I'm going out on a limb here, and I'm very aware of, of what I'm about to say. I am not speaking based on uh, my own experience, because I think I have a version of this. Jeff, you might relate to that as well. Um, but, like, I had a father who was an immigrant... We presented as white, but I think I found out as I grew up that the rest of my community didn't necessarily see my family that way. I didn't really know that when we were growing up. I felt white growing up, but I had a father who was definitely like, you make the most of what you can get. You fucking work your ass off and you, and you go for it. You don't, you know, don't, you're going to earn whatever you can get, but like life is difficult. And I had to work really hard to get us yeah. to this place that you might think is privilege. And you went to film school. Not- Are you back in
2: the wheel yet? <laughs>
1: but I have a lot of friends from New York who grew up Jewish in a very similar household as this. And they have talked to me before about that very specific dilemma of, yes, I present white, but when I'm at home and I'm talking to my family, grandparents, they fucking remember when that didn't fucking matter that you were a similar color as Nazis. So they, they grew up in this, in a home where that was kind of ever present. And I, I think we have a lot of wonderful people from the Jewish community who have had an enormous influence on cinema and cinema history. And so it's almost like we're kind of numb to it. But I thought that this was a really refreshing take on the fact that that is clearly the point he was trying to make, Dave. I felt like that was clear, not in in an annoying, indicative way, but I felt like that's what he was trying to say. And I thought that this was a really good vehicle to, to say that this boy... Remember, he kept telling Johnny mm. Davis we're rich.
0: Yeah. They weren't
1: yep. rich. They, were they nice, just yeah. had more than Johnny Davis had. Yeah. But they, you know, and, he, and then you find out that his dad actually is much more of a blue-collar kind of worker, but that his mom did come from some money. So in that boy's eyes, he knew that he did have a leg up. But in reality, it wasn't enough for him to not see past the fact that you got to do something with your life or you might kind of dissolve into your worst choices. And those themes are the ones that I have walked away thinking about. I hope that people don't stay in the shallow end of analysis when they see this movie. Because I think if you do, it might seem like Virtue signaling a white boy privilege movie about growing up in the 80s or the late 70s into the 80s. And I think that that is low hanging fruit and I hope people allow it to kind of wash over them. Because I think there are some deeper levels here that exist in the performances.
2: Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. But also, like, I didn't want to go too far into the analysis till I, like, I needed to speak to some people to to know how to process what I was seeing and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think this is. I, I don't know if I'll watch it again, but I think I'll understand it given time.
1: Again, I you know, and even though I just said what I said, I, I praise it for that. God, you guys, I'm a I'm a filmmaker you guys create as well like don't do you know what i mean when i say like there is a part of me that just doesn't even want to try to touch this stuff like i'm so yeah. i have so much resistance to trying to write to social issues right now i every time i sit down to write something it's i write where you know I, I find you, myself and i don't like, know I, that I i'm not touching it do that <laughs> yeah yeah i don't even want to try to deal with it because we're saying so much there's so much wonderful conversation happening in reality i don't know if we need art to clear it clear it up for us. I feel like it is, it's just right in front of our faces. Mm, so did... part of me like totally respects that James Gray wanted to get this off his chest. And you know, we're going to see some of these similar themes in Spielberg's Fablements, which I'm excited to see. Mm. And, but there's another part of me that feels like, what are you guys going to say about this that we're not already lo- talking about? You know, that's that's the challenge when you're trying to make these artistic statements. W- what are we going to feel that maybe we're not feeling from mm. all of this intellectual conversation and I'm still kind of waiting for this movie just in my afterthoughts to take me to that place where it's, it's sitting in a good state of emotional reflection and I'm getting more out of it than I think I got in the movie theater. I'm still kind of waiting for that. Mm. How about you guys? I'm going
2: to, you know I, mean? I mean, yeah, I know exactly. I mean, I didn't like, like I said, I, I got some things out of this, but I think if I had more experience, I would get more out of
0: the other half. Mm. Um, But yeah. It's curious that it's this and the Fablemans is both from the point of view of the kids. I mean, obviously, there's you know pretty much autobiographical, mm-hmm. but um, it is sort of like we th- we throw these kids in these situations that were not created by them. So it does. So even though we are speaking to these issues, and and obviously somebody wrote this thing and filmed this thing, it by by using kids as the vehicle as the device, um, it does seem less virtual sig- signally and more just. Exploration and um, and just sort of navigating. You know, we mm. haven't even talked about the fact that this kid's a full blown criminal in this movie. You know, they, yeah. they both <laughs> yeah. are, but but this kid, I mean, has has led plots that it, even in me and my wildest fucking dreams when growing up, n- never could I actually have gone through with anything like that. This oh, kid God, fucking I ro- could have. This kid broke into a school and a private school and, and stole computers and tried to sell them to a pawn shop. I mean, that is okay. That I didn't is, go that far. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but it's, I was
2: isolated my, for my entire high school for a period of about a week and a half. But so I, I,
0: yeah, it's 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 a it's a weird it's a weird movie to talk about because I, I don't want to talk about the director's intention. I talked about that what was that during Tar, right? It was all about like mm. we we can't ju- we we need to speak to the film and not the intention. But it's it's hard it's hard to do that with this one. It's you know what I mean. It's hard to to not pull back. And be like, what does I he want
2: so, from me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What does he want All from right, me? All right, let's let's what pivot let's pivot <laughs> onto cinematography for a second. Cause mm, I found please. the cinematography a little scrambled, for lack of a better word. Like sometimes they were using what almost seemed like natural light, practical light, uh, and other times like it was a little bit low con. And other times they were using full high contrast, like cinema grade on some shots. And it it, it didn't there didn't seem to be much rhyme or reason when they were gonna use it either. A lot of the indoor scenes. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you felt like yeah, it
1: was intentional.
2: A lot of, I, I possibly a lot of the indoor scenes in the house seem to be like single source, just throwing, and yeah. like reflectors and like very low con stuff. And then outdoors, it was a lot more high contrasty and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't really see a rhyme or reason to it on on the first watch.
1: I know what you mean. There was a, and again, sometimes I feel this way about his movies, and I, I wonder. He's so. He's so. Um, he's so fluid in cinema language and Hmm. film history. Like I know he's doing all these things with a lot of thought going into it. And sometimes I do feel like the language he creates in each of his movies, like cinematically with cinematography, dialogue, motifs with editing. Sometimes it does feel like he's purposefully kind of, if the scene works, sometimes I feel like he's like, let's throw a wrench in it just so it's not perfect. Like like almost like there's every aspect of it. He's kind of like, I don't want it to have that kind of shine. I don't mm. want it to have that Hollywood thing that, so that people can really have something to grab onto every time. And I know exactly what you mean, Dave. The cinematography felt that way to me all the way up to the ending where I felt like the, the way that they covered that last scene and his exit and walk away, it felt, that felt a little Hollywood to me. It felt kind of like yeah. grandiose and I don't know if the rest of the movie taught me to respect that kind of cinema language. So when it mm. happened, I was kind of like, is this a hysterical a moment? I thought it was maybe going to transition into something else. He's going like, yeah, he to
2: walk down the end and go...
1: Something like, yeah. something like that. Or maybe he was... <laughs> I thought this movie was going to end with him... Back in his clubhouse, sitting in the dark, just feeling bad about it. something tiny and inclusive again. Sorry for anyone Not listening to this. Um, I just did
2: the breast for breakfast club gesture.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, you also you have the. You also have your. <laughs> is that Marty McFly? I
0: can't see it. Just as Marty, whatever happens. So it looks like you yeah. got your 80s. You're down with your 80s today, Derek. Okay. Yeah, uh,
2: the bottom half of the t-shirt says "Don't go to 2020."
1: Uh, Guys, can I talk about my nice. favorite? <laughs> can I talk about my favorite performance in this movie. Andrew Polk is Mr. Turtle Tom, the sixth turtle grade Tom, teacher. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. I had a teacher <laughs> like that. That guy was a maniac. That was,
1: my, that was my favorite writing. That was my favorite story-wise, dialogue-wise. You hated the scenes guy. Scenes in general. I loved the classroom scenes. Yeah. I loved when he was at yeah. school. I loved just how they handled how it felt to be whatever, whatever it hmm. was. The bad kid, the odd boy out, just a kid sitting in class and listening to your teacher talk and not really paying attention to him. I thought he fucking nailed that. I thought that was really, Same. really, really lovely. He's
0: not um, very—he's not very good at keeping track of his kids on field trips, but otherwise, yeah, yeah, right? No, no, no he's <laughs> not. Parents, Nobody mentioned no one, that.
2: No one was in the '80s. Trust they,
0: me. They didn't even take the bus home. <laughs> I—I I, 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 I walked
1: recess. home. I
2: walked home from at least three field trips in the '80s. So yeah. <laughs>
1: That was crazy. Although, you guys, again, we all lived in New York. You guys still live in New York. That's kind of whenever I would see kids on the subway, that's kind of what I would imagine. Like, how the fuck do they keep track of these children? <laughs> yeah. They just hop a subway yeah. and they're just gone. And they're like, what are um, they going to do? Call their parents and say, we lost your kids? They're, not, they're, they're like, well, I hope they got home. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> right? Well,
2: right? Also, it was the 80s. No one was looking for their kids.
1: Yeah. You turned up Honestly, at dinner time. That was, the, yeah. that was it. Even like, up into the 90s, we were kind of the last kids. They were like, we'll see you when it gets dark outside. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> this it was was was, I trip. don't
0: want to see you until it's dark outside. Yeah, yeah Get <laughs> out of the house until it it's both. dark
1: outside. <laughs> what did you guys think about, uh, we love Tony. There were three, I would say three major scenes between him and the child, maybe four. What What is your most memorable? Because they are marketing the hell out of this movie based on the kids' scenes with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Yes, it's about a family, but there's a sage grandfather in this movie, and clearly he had an enormous influence on this boy. Um, did any of them kind of touch those places we were talking about earlier of speaking to the issue versus ca- characters having to say something because it's coming out of the relationship? You know,
2: I feel like the one that they showed in the trailer, that they're really flogging in the trailer, was uh, that the, was uh, rocket that, launch that, yeah. scene that one where it's like you stand up for him because you but then it Be kind bench. of came across as a little bit useless um after that because it just had no effect on the outcome whatsoever
1: i think i agree um, with you dave i think my favorite scene by far was that, his terrible nighttime bedtime story about his mother uh, yeah yeah and that felt like that's exactly what i'm talking about james gray high fucking five I'm listening to people, you know, I'm in school, I'm listening to people write about issue-driven stuff all the time, and I keep trying to find the right articulation for why some of it works and some of it doesn't. And if it doesn't come organically out of a human just talking about their experience, and the commentary that can be lifted is the issue, it just doesn't resonate for me. He brought up an issue about why Jews Jewish people are treated a certain way, and then he said, why did mom feel that way? Why did grandmother feel that way? Great-grandmother, I guess. And he just told him her story, mm. and it was horrifying. Yeah. And I loved the sound editing, how they used the echoes when this boy James Gray cuts in super close. This was another childhood moment. The lights are out, and you kind of can't stop thinking about something I got, that's kind of scary. I got fucking
2: tense. I was waiting for something, you and too, of course, it just held with
1: that. It didn't yeah. like, but I was that waiting is, for something. For me, and for me, that is slice of life gold. Mm, when you kind of yeah. feel like that at the end of a slice of life scene, like nothing necessarily is going to happen. But he still has that dramatic weight. You're still holding your breath. I thought he nailed yeah. that moment. So that was that's the scene I probably can't stop thinking about the most. It was so hauntingly casual. There was nothing, Jeff. You know, what you were saying like mm-hmm. some people had their moments, and you kind of feel like that Oscar light is shining on it. I did not feel that way about that scene. No, I no, felt like no, that no. was just a scene in the first third of the movie that I can't stop yeah. thinking about. That's and not going to be the Oscar that clip. That not, was a, that was a good one. There's not one. anything
0: inherently wrong with the Oscar clip, you know, because it's if it's earned, it's earned, you know, and that's okay.
1: But Daniel hitting his head on the table. Just oh, and, oh my uh, god, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that, that whole, the whole. <laughs> The whole um, um, uh, restaurant sequence in my left foot. is like, oh, there it is. Got it. He got it. Okay, he got it. <laughs> um, no, no, for me, for me, I mean, of course, that was brilliant with Anthony. I love when he, like, loses his mind and then comes back. You know what I mean? He's like, where was Ooh, I? I just, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, for me, no, for me, it was the, the the scene with the family because it was like, oh, that's what this stuff is for. It's so that we can set the scene to cut through. And I feel like the, a lot of the other scenes was just setting We were just laying the plates, but we didn't actually like serve the meal. (laughs) But then at this one, when they were like, grandpa's, it's something, it's so simple. Have grandpa be the one to tell him he's going to go to the private school. And the way Anthony Hopkins delivered it, it it was perfect. Mm. It was perfect. If it was more, if it was like, you have to go, it would have been shit. If it was like, I'm so 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 sorry, they have to do that. But the way he did it was, it was just so sweet. And then with everybody just paying attention to you know the the patriarch grandpa just the sweet and grandpa I, that's, telling him this, this Yeah, great that's,
2: that's why it was i think it was such a moment when he died because like that he was the anchor. Which you knew of he was, that he, family. Was
0: there was there any doubt that he he was? Not oh no, absolutely not. He, he no, was not i not living through this. Like movie
2: I've I've even, I've even worked on one of these, and like you know who's going to die. I felt real bad it's early like, on. I
0: was like, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins at the age where he's going to read every script, and he's going to be like, "You want me to be the guy who dies at the end, right?" Like from now
2: on. Yeah, it's it's like, dude, you're old. You can't live. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I mean, get ready. You're just playing no, scenes. I totally agree. That long, that scene builds to that wonderful line, that wonderful moment where he says, "It's it's not a punishment." That, yeah, we exactly. just care about your future and he throws it away. That line, he,
2: he literally just heart, yeah, like he, he did, just throws exactly. it away, but it was perfectly natural.
1: He knew what movie he was in, yeah, you know what I mean? He like, that's, all that's I mean, no. We try to <laughs> talk about this in acting time. class, a lot. Jeff and I have bitched at each other about what the meaning of this and how to talk to actors about this. And when you can tell when you see it, but it's hard to kind of explain to actors, like, are they all in the same movie? And I think that's a director's job, but sometimes you have. A wonderful actor who kind of leads the cast into the tone. And I feel like that was a perfect example of when he was at that place, it's a scene about him being like kind of the center of attention. And if grandfather says Mm -hmm. so, then it must be so. Listen to your, listen to your grandfather. You know, the parents were literally saying that. And the way he talked about it, the way he handled something that could have been just a scenery chewing debauchery from a lesser actor grace grace said that you before as well be
2: like, like it, with with the act when, when he gets those caliber actors like they they again he don't, they do it practically nothing and they do it because he's going to give them a wonderful experience so it's a handshake they come on for yeah. almost no fee and he gives them an experience where it's like let's let's do this let's let you work and if it work falls outside of what i'm going for then we'll talk but he he lets them work
1: I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Jeremy Strong in the car after the funeral. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. even the he
2: car at the funeral. Well. That's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: that, that scene when he's like, "Let your mother have her moment." You know, I'm just I can't stop that's, thinking about that. Says so many. That says right so now. many
2: things. Yeah.
1: Well, how do you tell somebody he's a great actor? He didn't need to be told this, but I was surprised. You know, like telling an actor or trying to make them understand. You can't start where you're going to end in this scene. You don't know that you're going to discover that you're more emotional than you are. Not even, I didn't even feel like it was out of some weird, like Mm. him trying to be macho or keep it together for the kids. It was Tara. literally discovered in that moment, I guess I have to do that now.
2: Well, well it, yeah, it's it's a moment. Like, it's a moment the, you have when for this family, like it's the moment you have when a parent dies and there's a handover. It's like well, before that, there was always someone in like, and suddenly you're promoted to that role, and you have to you have responsibilities that that person used to take. If like if your family dy- dynamic is like that, so when like losing a parent, whether it's yours or not, means that someone has to step in that role. And if you think it's you, it's yeah. terrifying. And he communicated that perfectly.
1: Yep. Yeah. I've heard my dad talk so much about going through a very similar experience. And, you know, as you get all these, that's hard to grasp when you're young, you know, and you're a kid and stuff. But it, it, it was one of those wonderful moments of discovery. I got there in a surprising way. Mm. I was totally expecting him to say things like, your grandfather always treated me with respect. I always, appre- I was like, yeah, sure. You know, right on. I was still on board with it, but it wasn't a discovery. And then when the actor discovered the next moment, fuck. Yeah. somebody has to do that now and I guess that's me it took it to a new place and I love the cut back to the children because I saw the kid realizing I don't know what my dad is going through for a moment he thought why should why aren't we out there with mom why aren't we out there yeah. comforting her and again that's something we can all kind of imagine what that would feel like the kid's confused should we be helping her she's sad uh, yeah. see I got the impression I got the impression he didn't, I he don't didn't, know what dad's going through
2: he didn't want to deal with her grief he didn't know how Mm -hmm. to deal with her feelings Yeah, yeah, because they weren't at that communication point. And that was, that was a very good place to put that.
1: It was because it led into families are sloppy. Yeah. Right. You want that kind of sloppy, emotional, you don't want it to have Hmm. this linear thing to it. And I loved the eavesdropping on the parents fighting after the funeral about how they're going to pay for the tuition bill. Now that he's gone and they have to figure out a way to save enough money for they're her mom to have a quality of her grandmother, their grandmother, uh, Anthony Hopkins wife to have a good quality of life for the rest of her life. And they end up having this fight about how they're going to cover tuition. Like that is that, that sloppy thing. I thought that there were yeah. a lot of good moments of that. I don't know if it all coalesced for me as well as I wanted it to, but no. there were a lot of really excellent moments that I know I'm going to be. Absolutely. You know, I will definitely not deny that. Um,
2: can I just bring it back quickly to lenses?
1: yeah
2: um
0: this is shot, they, can you, how do you say this guy's name the cinematographer i don't it's, know. it's darius Kanji. he's done a whole bunch of woody oh, yeah. allen's he's done yeah. he did seven uh like he's done a, he's done a whole yeah, lot of that's shit that's what i know mm-hmm. him
1: from is yeah. seven well uh
2: around about this because this was the first time i think i think it was the first time they made him use uh digital they shot on digital uh because he usually uses film and this was Boy. shot on an Arri 65 Um, and they discovered prime DNA lenses, the ARRI DNA lens, um, range, which is basically, uh, they build them in, in house. So you go, I'm shooting something set in the eighties. They get an eighties lens, dismantle the fuck out of it, put it in an ARRI case. So it fits on a digital ARRI 65 camera and you're shooting with a lens of the period with modern technology so it fits with all the, the electronics cool. and everything. And they use these. Like if you want an eighty style lens behavior on an Ari sixty five or like an ARI LF, they do LFs now as well. Um, they can do it. And Is they it did like, for this film.
1: Are they like hot rotting old lenses or are they just they're using just, they're, they're like did. building new lenses based on those No, they're designs. pulling
2: they're dismantling the old technology and putting it into the new the outer casing okay. technology so it's it's a custom build you can work with ari and they'll build these things for you as it part did, of let, ari rental so up. like you can literally can you can literally enough. define the lens look you want and they'll from any period and they will define it like they'll build
1: it. i never felt like i wasn't in the period like is that, yeah. there is something yeah that is happening probably because of streaming services they have a lot of <laughs> delivery um standards that exist now for lighting and a lot of other things like sound, everything you can imagine, but the lighting yeah. ones are the most surprising. The more I learn about them, they're, the more I realize that's more, why everything looks the same these more, days. They're
2: more forgiving they're, than uh, depending on your budget.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> at a certain level, I've seen there's a shit version on of Netflix. this movie that would have been really shiny, really crisp and yeah. overly lit. And it would have never felt like the 80s. They just would have had to tell us it's the 80s. And this felt, you know, for the most part, aesthetically, especially in the home, anywhere where you could get a, some good production design, the way they lit the production design in the school and the house was great for me. It, 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 every time I was in those environments, I felt like I was there and it was not that long ago, but it was longer ago than hmm. maybe most people could comfortably remember what it felt like to be 42 years. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it, man. I think I think it's a. When should people around? go see it if they have a free weekend? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you should go see it. You could also, I think you could wait for this one to come to your television if you feel like waiting and just having a, a small film, intimate experience. I don't think you need to see this, this in a this big would movie not, This would not stop it from streaming, but yeah.
0: yeah, sad to say but true. Anyway, all right, all right. It is officially time. What what did you do? Yeah. Okay, there's sure. a, okay, no, this is annoying. Whenever I touch the stream deck, if, even if I'm sliding, as once my finger touches the screen, it'll play. So if, <laughs>
2: if <laughs> Yeah, they're coming.
0: So if I wanna scroll to the side, I can't accidentally touch one of the buttons to scroll. Scroll
2: on an empty button, dude. There's plenty of them Are there you scrolling.
0: Fuck you, John.
2: That's why he's scrolling.
1: <laughs> That's why I was scrolling. Dicks. What did I do to deserve that one? <laughs> wow.
2: Well, this is harsh, man.
0: <laughs> you know what? Fuck you.
1: <laughs> no, I, mean, I, made, I made that
0: I made that one because we did the category fraud and we were going to surprise you because you didn't come to our Oscars thing that we did for the, we were doing like an Oscars mini-sode and I had the, ca- is this category fraud? And then I thought you were going to say, what that is that? It was so we're popular music.
2: on YouTube too.
0: Yeah, And I thought you were yeah, going to be like, what, what is this? You're making music decisions, and I was going to respond. I thought you were going to say something. No,
1: no, no. Use it, Use it then, as often as possible. But then,
0: <laughs> I, but then I said, is this category fraud? And you said nothing. <laughs> and so I was like, I just said, fuck you, John. Jeff, like, you
2: oh, still cool. have, an ou- you have an outstanding drink? <laughs>
1: it is Bobby? Oh, oh Jeff. No, Jeff.
0: Yeah. All right, okay. people, it is time for our final segment, What You've Been Watching, where we tell you what we... what. <laughs>
1: You should make what? little voice singy things for our transitions, dude. We need a what you've been watching.
2: Yeah, we need oh, a, let's let's class it up. Like you know, right. let's let's rip off Matt and Mark's. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Hey well, Matt, and Mark. By the way, <laughs> thanks for throwing us some some love and some shade all at the same moment. Yeah, <laughs> this past week on your episode. Oh, I well, we got some alcohol. Better drink moves. it. I love it. I think I love
0: um, it. Matt's one horse, one theater, one screen town does not have this movie. So I doubt he's listening now, but hopefully he's on a treadmill somewhere watching us.
2: Get a new bottle opener for fuck's sake.
0: I, is this a can opener with that? What is I this shit? What is it with you? If, I that got is a depression oh, era can opener. My God. You've <laughs> used I, the wrong end. It's a Sherwin-Williams. It's a paint can opener.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Oh, I'm just... (laughs) That should
0: still work. You see this? I'm foaming up. Look at that. You see that foam coming up? Yeah, I'm I'm foaming too. You
1: can get it. Jesus. All right, let's do it. What you been watching? Dave, come at me, dude.
0: Oh, can I get lost?
2: I'm trying to remember what I watched.
1: (laughs) John. Uh, This was the week of Halloween. So first, based on one of your suggestions, uh, I watched all of the magic and light the industrial light and magic and? or light and magic whatever it's mm-hmm. called and you know i loved it i loved it it was great
2: how good is that last line how good is that last line in the first episode yeah oh i was boy, I, I was not so quickly i was not happy
1: it's, <laughs> oh george yeah we're yeah, yeah, right. gonna tell that story quite a bit yeah and they were all so excited they're like we can't wait to see
0: george he's gonna be done with filming and then he gets there and he's like i was not happy
1: <laughs> He's like, we have six months. You haven't shot it. You shot two shots. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We have six months to get this movie. theaters. Yeah. Somebody would have been fucking fired. Um, uh, So many things that I love from that. I will say every time I watch anything about George Lucas or Spielberg or people that work in like the special effects, like there's a little bit of me that's just envious and jealous. Like, I don't know how to make movies like that. I don't think I'm ever going to be asked to make a movie like that. I don't, know how you look at something like Star Wars mm. or Lawrence of Arabia and think i know how to do that then i just my i'm just in all of these people it's just so you fascinating you say yeah
2: no i had i know how to do that oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh, fuck oh, fuck, oh,
1: fuck come on how I'll good was that the, the
0: dinosaur thing where they were all running and then the guy just like broke his collarbone and so they couldn't fucking run anymore <laughs> hilarious like, man just all pr- of
1: those nerds running around like dinosaurs anyway, can you imagine was, was just wonderful. being like
0: look guys I don't know how dinosaurs run. And they said, well, what if we all just pretend to be dinosaurs? Like, okay. And there's a day, a full day of them just running around as dinosaurs.
1: It's like that ballet teacher. They taught the bears ballet. The biggest movie
0: of all time is being made. And they're like, guys, we need a full week to just run around like dinosaurs.
1: (laughs) So that being said, after watching that, uh, we had Friday night and Saturday night for our Halloween movies thus far. I'm sure we'll watch something tonight. We did Spielberg back to back. On Friday night. Close E.T. E. E.T. Okay. Which I don't think Elizabeth had ever seen all the way through. Enjoyed wow. Obviously. Jeez. And uh, Jurassic Park. And I hadn't seen either of them oh. in a long time. And I had, I had a blast. It was Did
2: fun. Did you hear the really cool anecdote that came out this week about E.T. With Drew Barrymore? Um, was oh, 40th
0: anniversary, yeah.
2: This, uh, apparently, it, she said that Spielberg employed two guys whose job it was was just to sit there and, and work E.T. in case she walked up to talk to him on set. She thought he was real. I knew.
1: I've heard her say that she thought he was real, so I assumed that they yeah. never let her see E.T. unless there was a person No, he, he employed two but, people
2: to sit there and work that thing if she happened to talk to it.
1: That's great. That's traumatic as fuck that he made her think that that thing was dying for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <really> right? <laughs> I, I, I told, I was, I told uh, that story
2: to my wife expecting a feel-good reaction. She's like, oh my God, they fucked that poor girl up so yeah. much.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one shot specifically, I'm going to get detailed here for a second. After they pull Elliot out and they try to save E.T. Yeah. and he dies and flatline, it cuts to Drew at the edge of Elliot's bed looking at Daddy T and just tears are just rolling through yeah. her eyes I mean yep. what did they say to her anyway, I mean they didn't tell Shelly Long
2: the axe was coming through the door either so I you mean, know
0: that audition <laughs> sure. was borderline child torture did you, you ever see the audition of the boy Dude, oh, it's you know all over, it's all, all over YouTube. It's like he's crying. He got it, and they just keep making. They're like, no, that, and he's just crying, crying, crying. Yeah.
1: All kid auditions. It feels weird. I have now worked with kids multiple times. You guys were present. It's weird getting mm-hmm. children, like trying to manipulate children into heightened emotional. I had to hand it's off weird.
2: a camera to get a kid to do something. Like it's I handed worst, it to the kid's dad.
0: It sucks like, about <laughs> that. The, the, <laughs> the set has to be quiet. And As soon as it goes quiet, the kid goes, "What's going on? Why is everybody quiet?" It's
1: yeah. Like, clearly, uh, though, kid freaks clearly out. Clearly, out of his out of his many 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 gifts, Steven Spielberg has a gift of working with children they seem to yeah. really love it and i don't think they were traumatized i think they probably enjoyed every moment and felt like it was playtime well,
2: some people grow up uh, and don't for- some people grow up and don't forget what it's like to be a kid and i feel like Spielberg is yeah. one of them
1: he's a kid for sure for sure what's that line from magic and light that um uh one of the one of the people says that if you want to become a, a filmmaker you never have to grow up because mm. his daughter was like people right. i have all these toys in my room anyway uh drastic park was incredible the next night, we went a little scarier. Event Horizon. Which oh, is God. Wow. Mr. Paul W.S. Anderson. It's, it's so 90s. That movie scared the hell out of me when I was can't, a kid, but it's I, just so 90s.
2: I can't tell you how that movie ends, and I've seen it six times.
1: Something happens <laughs> to my brain. Those, I can't it
2: process it. I mean, Same it,
1: director it, it, of the first Mortal Kombat movie. Let's well, just, yeah. That's where it's well, it, it, also,
2: it Also, that it used to be worse. Um, Like when he first made it. They, it was so bad. They had to cut uh, like the blood orgy at the end of it. They had to cut about like 10 minutes out of that. And it was like stored wow. because they were like, we can't show this. This is, this is like too much.
1: I mean, those and, flashes are intense. I and, saw then, that movie and then in they lost, that
2: footage was destroyed. So the, we will never blood, see the original.
0: The,
1: you said yeah. blood orgy?
0: Yeah, the blood that orgy at the end was. of it. It yeah. was a blood
1: orgy. That is all it could be called. Yeah. And then we followed it up with what was a fantastic rewatch. And I have never rewatched this war z oh yeah second time seeing that movie Uh, it was fantastic yeah scared the hell out of elizabeth it was great i enjoyed it so much on the rewatch i can't believe i was so fascinated by how much i was enjoying it getting to watch it a second time zombie dynamics um yeah and then i i'm going to throw out my pitch i have been watching the second season of cosmos with neil degrasse tyson possible worlds cosmos possible worlds fantastic how about you guys
0: I forgot. Wait, hold on. I, 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 you just reminded me oh, of I something. I also watched
1: Rings of Power and Andor. I'm totally caught up. I finished Rings of Power and I'm caught up on Andor. I'm caught and up on Andor. Awesome. Next uh, week, yeah.
0: Finish finish Dragons and all the shit. Just finish it and we'll talk about all three of them next week. I'm yep.
1: not watching Dragons. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Come on. It. The, just, uh, the, the
0: last episode is the best episode of the season. I'm not saying it's... So how many hours
1: of footage do I have to watch to get to one good fucking episode? Be real with me. I know. I'm on this side about, too. About I'm just happy I made it. <laughs> 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 I'm not doing it. I'm Plus,
0: not doing it. I'm buzzing all of you fucking people. I'm not doing um, I feel like I was going to say something else. Oh, oh, John, you were watching Entourage, too. Did you spot, what, what is that guy, what's that guy's name in Entourage that's in Armageddon time? He's the cop at the end. He's, like, only going to be either oh, a cop yeah, or yeah, a yeah, criminal. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, of course, of course.
0: Well, it's his, um, it's a one-syllable Italian name. He was, like, from Queens, and then he goes out to L.A. Sal. Was it Sal? What? I don't think it was Wouldn't Sal. was it Sal.
1: P.S. Entourage anecdote. What I live in a neighborhood. I live in an apartment, which is not an amazing house, but I live in a neighborhood that's at below the Hollywood Hills with some amazing homes around me. Ari Gold's house is two streets away from me no. in that show. It's one of my favorite homes in this whole neighborhood. And he fucking, I've now I get to like, I feel like I see, can see inside it because of fucking Entourage. It's such a cool home.
0: Okay. I've seen a whole lot of stuff. Um, I started by watching the Franklin Jella um uh, Dracula, which I'd seen before, mm. of course, but, um,
1: it was only Is part- that a hammer. It was only Is b- a hammer film. Dave. No, you know, uh, Christopher Lee movies?
2: did the, uh, the, um, hammer Dracula, I think.
1: Oh, I thought he was anyway,
0: um, Dom was the character's name in Entourage. So anyways, I saw that last week, which is great. I don't know why, but there was one night that I was really in the mood for a disaster movie. (laughs) But (laughs) I couldn't find the right one. So on Netflix, there's a a, a series about the Nepal earthquake. And I don't know if you know this about um, about mount everest but it is always being filmed at all time by all of these tourists who've come from all over the world and they just they're there's cameras on all the time so there's all this great footage i mean great I, stuff i know they had like, to move
2: base camp due to climate change
0: um that i don't know when that was in relation to this movie it's 2015 but there's yeah, they, basically no, There
2: was like last year
0: there's basically three different stories. There's the people on Everest, which is fucking insane. It's insane watching people at these different camps on Everest, and you have very good footage of just a cloud of white coming at them. Then you have like <laughs> then you have like the Kathmandu part, which is really devastating because it's a city with. The infrastructure to Western cultures, it would be like the like Caribbean kind of infrastructure. And it's just it was not ready for mudslides and landslides and a earthquake. And then all of the aftershocks. Anyway, and then there was one more in this like little region. It's called Aftershock, yada, yada, on Netflix. OK, so I saw that. Dude, Frank when did you,
2: you just watch San Andreas with The Rock?
0: Um, it's on my list. I did see some things about the basically bi- a documentary. I saw some yeah, things. Right. Ab- I saw some things about the big one. So, it's
2: coming, people.
0: The big one, which which is not going to be from the San Andreas fault. It's going to be from the fault line way out in the middle of the Pacific. But anyway, um, I watched uh, uh, the Banshees of Inishmore, which we're all going to talk about next week. Can't wait. I rewatched in Bruges because of that. Or I should say in fucking Bruges, because I don't think they ever actually say in Bruges. If they do, they I don't remember, it, but they say in fucking Bruges a lot throughout that movie.
2: Oh, that's all right. Next week, it'll be in fucking Bruges
0: in fucking Bruges. (laughs) I watched that some football uh i feel like there was something else um and of course and if i forget anything else i'll remind you in a second dave what have you been watching i watched uh guillermo
2: del toro's cabinet of curiosities
0: oh cool what do you think is that new
1: is yeah that new it's show? brand new Isn't for it?
2: halloween it's done by a sort of directors he introduces it alfred hitchcock style um it's really cute. Does he
1: step into his silhouette? Not Let's quite.
2: Uh, I was expecting. Okay. I was expecting it. He's, it's almost like he's trying to do it, but yeah, it was. It, he makes it his own. But the, yeah, the stories are really, very horror Twilight Zone ish, cool. They're. Cool. It's it's all these horror shorts. They're pretty good.
0: Nice. I rewatched one more thing. Hmm. I fin I finished Return of the Jedi.
1: Are you finished? How many are you, to, are you ready to talk about? it? You've been sending us so many funny Guys, responses. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm
0: so disappointed. This movie is <laughs> This movie is really not that great. It's really not. I'm sorry. Mm. I That was mine growing up too because I love the Ewoks. <laughs> I had my stuffed fucking Ewok. No, fuck yourself. Oh- <laughs> Luke is the most powerful Jedi alive after after he very conveniently sees Yoda twice, and the second time is the day an 800-year-old dies. What a coincidence! But anyway, he goes. No, he was just sick of listening to his shit. Guys, he goes to this little moon, this little moon planet to hang out with some teddy bears. And there is a giant loin that is attached by rope in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden, he doesn't realize that it's a trap until they're up in the net. And he goes, "Chewy, wait. And it's like, how did they, they just didn't see that that was a trap? They were treating us like they were children throughout this entire movie. These little things did not I take was. down the Imperials. Oh my God, the Imperial troops were, did not get taken down by these little bears. But also, the whole gal- I thought the whole point was that the whole galaxy was at stake. Why did I spend 90% of the time on a moon? I wanna see the rest of the galaxy. This is the correction that they fucked up so bad in the J.J. Abrams one, where all of a sudden they were like, here's the galaxy. And we were like, no, you missed your chance 17 different times. You can't just tell me there's a million people out there and never have showed me them. And here's after Empire, they set all this stuff up, and I was ready for an intergalactic battle, and instead I got some teddy bears. That Against like five guys in white suits even though I was told to believe that there were a million versus a million instead it was 12 versus a teddy bears I I just they really fucked it up and then and then really what it all comes down to is is Luke gonna get angry that's that's the whole point of the movie is whether or not Luke will get angry if he doesn't get angry we win if he gets angry we lose that's it the teddy bears lose if Luke gets angry what a plot do you think the movie would have been better
1: do you think it would have been better if Spielberg had directed it I he do was
0: to. I do I do you think but, he but, would have pointed
1: out those problems and they would have ironed some shit out yeah <laughs>
0: yeah I yeah. mean he was he was just coming off of basically directing Poltergeist although giving up the credit uh, and Indiana Jones and what else did he do in 82 uh, E.T. was 82 duh. <laughs> so he was a little <laughs> busy around this time period <laughs> but uh, um, anyway yeah I think so too sorry guys sorry Dave <laughs>
1: well anybody well jeff you're an idiot because anyone who thought those were the best of the three originals just had bad taste as a child how was was that your favorite star wars movie when you were kid?
0: when i was a child when i was a child but also i think it's because empire only has the one battle at the beginning the battles later don't live up to the battle of the first and the third where the the death star battle the death star battle battle wasn't even in the first it was in the first one
1: but they didn't have empire did something else He, he
2: ryan johnson that shit and it worked, Mr. Kasdan. And Mr. on, the, I, I must admit, on the rewatch of Last Jedi, I am coming around.
1: Which one is Last Jedi? That's the Ryan Johnson one. Sure, yeah, you have. Did I, I look, bagged J- Dave's, this? I, Dave's evolution.
2: Yeah, I bagged the shit out of it when Ryan I first saw Johnson's. it, and it was like it kind of makes sense. God, you
1: were angry, dude. You came. Home, you were. Oh, so I was pissed so pissed.
2: Night.
1: <laughs> I didn't.
0: I didn't mind in rewatching Jedi, and There's still
2: a hole no. in the wall in their old apartment.
0: <laughs> in in rewatching five and six, I like him just being like, Jedi's a religion. It's all bullshit. Like, I, I don't mind it as much anymore because they hyped it up more than it actually was. You know, so yeah. I didn't mind yeah. the Ryan Johnson take on it, even though even fucking Mark Hamill was like, I just pretended like it was a different guy who was also named Luke.
1: <laughs> yeah, I argued against those movies more than anyone ever recorded in cinema history maybe has on this podcast. And uh, I'm excited to get to a place where we can kind of just look back on them as like they're a part of this giant thing now. It's not all relative to 4, 5, and 6. Yes. Um, and, oh, that's the other thing and, I watched uh, as well
2: was uh, Tales uh, of the Jedi. Uh, the
1: cartoon? The animated? Yeah, the thing. animated
2: stuff that Disney's just dropped. Um, I'm not uh, watching that. Oh, was yeah, that? that? That's really good. It fills in some gaps and also sets you up for what's coming. I can't,
1: I just, just not, that's, that's what everybody much. said about Attack of the Clones, the cartoon. I wanna see it's well. actually oh, yeah. the goes. clones looks good.
2: It's, clones yeah. looks good. Clone Wars is great. Alright, uh, we got let's end this let's end uh, this episode uh, after
0: I just shame myself for shitting Oliver Star Wars. But um thank you so much for joining us on our Halloween episode about mm, Armageddon. Time. It was scary.
2: <laughs> Armageddon.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Armageddon. All right. Uh join us next week. We'll be talking about the cripples of Inish man Inishmore the cripples the the, the, the banshees the banshees of (laughs) Inisharon I'm mixing up my uh, McDonough's here okay um, we're both going down for that one (laughs) okay anyway see you next week we're gonna talk about some good movies can't wait